Hey, hey, hey! We are back. I think I just screamed into the mic, but that's because I'm very excited and a little bit nervous. <laughs> but we are back for season two. It's been a while. Kasalvin, how are you? Bro, god damn it. We said we'd be back in two weeks. It's been two months. No, I don't know. It's been a month. It's been almost three months. Time has just escaped us. It's been almost three months. Everybody, you're probably wondering where we were for three goddamn months. When halfway around the globe, we shifted houses. We were doing other things, getting things off the ground. Man, I've been, uh, I've been pretty busy. But feels good to be in front of the mic again, man. Season two. We're changing up the scene a little bit. Hey, Lashini, why don't you tell them a little bit about it? Yes, so we figured for this season we would try out more free-flowing conversations. To everyone that said that they like season one, fuck yes. Really like the love um, and really feeling it. Thank you for your kind words of encouragement and can't wait to keep putting out more content. We love the love. Bit ironic, hey, talking about love. A conversation about love by two 22-year-olds could be interesting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what do two 22-year-olds know about love, right? It's like essentially such a deep subject because I think we even I was never like, it was never taught to us in the way I am made aware of it now. Oh, how can you even teach, uh, teach other people the concept of love? Or how can you teach a child the concept of love, you know? Because there's so many different forms of it and we've given so many labels to it. And in a way, we've made it toxic to love. You know, actually, before we do touch on those things, I have to mention last week, okay, my tooth got infected and was really, really bad. The, the, this doctor, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty details because everybody wants to know. So the doctor removed this like pus filled boil and it was really yucky, okay? And then took, got rid of the infection and I was put on antibiotics and painkillers and they were really strong. But guess what the medicine did? What did the medicine do? It completely wrecked my gut. Completely. So essentially, all my stomach bacteria were wiped off. Oh no, that sounds horrible. And I had no good bacteria. It gave me gastritis for five days. For someone who's never had gastritis, like me... Five days ago, that was a roller coaster. I felt like someone was stabbing me from the back with screwdrivers and turning the screwdrivers as they were stabbing me, but in a few different directions. And I couldn't sleep for five days. So I slept at like 5 a.m. and you can't lay flat and all of that. But anyway, if you're suffering from gastritis, I feel for you and you really need to get that checked. Like, don't sit on it, don't say that it's gonna go away. According to my opinion, I don't trust Western medicine anymore. I've been off that track for quite a bit. I think we could mainly due to your intuition, Lashini, and it has worked. Man, they wrecked me and I really don't want to take start taking any pills. Like nothing people give me anymore. Just because I feel like we can manage our health better if we just stay on it all the time. Anyway, eat healthy, drink water, stay safe. Um, that sounds very intense. Stabbing pains. Wouldn't want to go through that. But eat garlic. And eat yogurt. That's a bit of That did. Probiotics, yeah. They actually boost gut health or try to boost gut health. Actually, I've drunk, I've drunk more yogurt drinks in the past three days than I have the entire pa- past two years. 
I think I, my count is up to 15. Now I probably got to put the brakes on it because 15 in like four days. Have you just turned into yoga at this point? Yeah, my body's going to be taken over by intellectual yogurt. You're just yoga. Your existence is yoga. And when it does get taken over, I just become yoga, the live culture. <laughs> okay, that's great. Superman yoga. <laughs> okay, okay, let's get back to it. We swayed off a bit. So let's talk about love. What does love mean to you? Love is trippy, bro. Love is trippy. Okay. It can't be defined, can it? Yeah, 100%. And everyone tries to define it. Yeah, it's this like mystical, weird, <laughs> little, not little even, it's like expansive. But it's this concept that is so complex that it can't really even just be defined. No, it's not complex. That's the thing. Everyone's trying to define it, thereby making it complex. Why have you put different labels to love? You have parental love. You have the love you give your pet, the love you have for your friends, the love you have for strangers, if at all, and the love you have for partners, um, siblings. It's all different. But why are we segregating it? You know, love is universal. I think the entire concept of it is one thing. Why can't we feel the same love for everyone, like each and everyone? I was just thinking that a little while ago. Why are we separating even the concept? Humanity has been trying to give labels to everything, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's the only way by giving labels, we're able to identify with these different identities. And as humans, identity is important to us and important to our ego, right? So because of that, we have to like label things like this is what I identify with. These are the people that I love in my life in this particular way. I think that's why we do it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it does fuel the ego. But giving those labels in turn, fueling the ego makes it worse. Why? Because then there, there's problems associated with it. For example, our upbringing doesn't really call for heavy conversations about love. Yeah. I mean, I think my relationship with my parents is pretty good right now. Like it's not, I'm not like super buddy-buddy with them. Whereas I've seen other people who are completely like comfortable with their parents and they have super open conversations. So I think that background, even that's based on love. Why? Because the love you have for your child at the end of the day shows how open you are willing to be in, in order to protect them. Okay, that doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? Like in terms of how protective are you as a parent and how much love does it mean? For Are you going to show them, show your child the, the ups and downs of the world or just the ups of, and try to protect them from the bad, like the downs? Whereas at the end of the day, you cannot protect everyone from the downs. I think that's natural though, like for parents to obviously always want the best for their children and... That in itself is quite, um, like, that's dependent on their own individual experiences, right? That's relative to them, what they think is good for their children. So that's not the same for everyone. And that's, most of the time, that's not how the child will perceive that love either. Obviously, I'm not a parent. Well, not obviously, but I'm not a parent for anyone wondering. Um, other than to my dog, <laughs> whom I love very much. Um... I think from a parent's perspective, it's also there's a lot of fear and they love from that place of fear. And 
I feel like sometimes that could be interchanged without them even knowing. So they they love the child, but they, like you said, they want to protect the child from something. And so in that, it gets a bit misconstrued. And then the child might think, oh, they're being a bit overprotective or they don't care. But again, it's from that place of fear. That is true. Like, I think um, as a child, not as a child, as a teenager, I was very... What was the word you used again? Re- rebellious, no. Retaliating? Because I, I guess I didn't feel that love the way I wanted to feel that love. And therefore, I exhibited it in a very aggressive manner by being outwardly like... I think I was pretty rude and very standoffish. You know, when those those teenage dogs just growl and at everyone and everything and want to like bite everyone's fingers and wrists and shit like that? You puff your chest and sort of pout and walk away. Correct, correct. Why? Because you want to show that you don't need it. Not being understood. I Like you don't understand the way that they're showing their love or the place that they're coming from. And because of that miscommunication, there's a lot of hellfire. I agree, I agree. That's also a part of growing up. Why? Because your hormones are all over the place and you're learning to... You're learning that the world doesn't really have your best interests at heart. And when that starts to happen you start to resent everyone and everything around you or that could just be you and i where we start resenting people no i think that's pretty common but at the end of the day it all boils down to love the love that you have for everyone i think this past year i've been tr- i've been uh, learning that it's all one and it's just different levels of the same different frequencies of the same spectrum of love but we have to be able to exhibit equally equally exhibit equally for everyone where we don't prioritize or rather that's how i see it like why do we prioritize some people and not some we have to be able to love everyone equally and not expect it in return or i want to get to that standard a stage universal correct i want to get to that stage where like my neighbor or my father is the same type of love or you know, the, the, for example, Ash, the love you exhibit for your dog is super deep, right? Like you would pr- like put your life on the line for them. 100%. Anything she wants. But would you do that for a random stranger? Yeah, probably not. Because we know the stranger wouldn't do that for us. And we don't, we haven't built that sort of a relationship with the stranger. Why we don't have memories associated with it. Yeah, that connection isn't there, that bond isn't there, right? The really interesting thing about love is that we often feel like it needs to be reciprocated back to us or it's not there at all. I think sometimes we we love expecting something in return. It's more like, what can they do for me rather than what can I do for them? You know, it's more one-sided and that's based off of attachment, right? We get attached to people places things because honestly love isn't just people either it's things it's our interests our hobbies our um, maybe places that we like to live or that we've been and so it's more like okay what can that place or person do for me rather than what can i do for them we get so attached that we forget everything's self-centered that we forget let's just exude the same amount of love complete total love for everyone and everything rather than um sort of dissect it 
So apparently the ancient Greeks had like seven or eight different types of love. And I'm going to talk about like a few of them. So the first one is called Eros, which is sexual or passionate love. And apparently that's akin to like the love you fall into when you get hit by Cupid's arrows. Essentially like fast, deep and like a roller coaster when you first fall in love. And that's called Eros. Yeah, the word erotic is derived from... Eros, yeah. Eros. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently in the, like, in the modern times, it's been put side by side as the, like, the fundamental force for survival and reproduction. And that's why it's like that. I guess then, I mean, the first, like your first teenage love, or no, maybe after teens, your first few of these things are all like deep, yearning for sexual love right and that's usually the basis of love isn't it like the sexual well that's the first sort of connection for most people the sexual physical desire it's like the animal instinct that's what the animal kingdom is runs on just that like need to reproduce that's the animal in us the eros i think uh, in modern times all young men young women have like are focused on that one, on that reproductive, the animal instinct. And they give in to that animal instinct and it takes over. But it's also possibly due to all the information that we take from our surroundings has been focused to market that kind of love. Like that's the love everyone should strive for. And now it's getting in everyone's heads. It's like poison. Hmm. Interesting. Another one is the called... Idea, sorry, just whilst we're on it, talking about what we get from our environment, from a very young age, we're fed the idea of love. Since the time we're little kids watching Disney movies, there's a Prince Charming, you know, he's going to come and rescue you and put you in your um, majestic castle and bring you back to life. And that's what love is. And you'll be the princess and it's all, you know, balloons and good vibes. But in reality, like, that's not the case. So, yeah, like, our environments make a huge difference. Not even just Disney movies, like, Hollywood films, the ones based on love. Like, in the end, there's always love, isn't there? And it's always beautiful. But I don't think that's an accurate depiction of um, the reality of the concept of love. In fact, I think it's quite skewed. And it doesn't encompass, it almost just reduces the concept of love down to like this romantic love. Or instead of putting forth the idea that love is all-encompassing, we are love. Like it's not just a feeling, like it's it's a state, but it's like frequency. Plus right? and minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 528 yeah. hertz for anyone that's wondering. Um, it's, yeah, it's a frequency. It like vibrates or it should vibrate through us like through our beings um but instead it's sort of reduced to okay Mm. this love between two people and usually that too is like heterosexual love right the frequency of love you mentioned as 528 hertz exists as energy and if you tune into Mm. that energy you should be able to exude that same energy to everyone why it's not defined by boundaries cool cool and if you are wondering go listen to tracks that have this uh range and uh, yes, let us know um, what you think listen to them on spotify though because 
apparently sometimes on youtube the frequencies can be altered depending on who uploads them so if you can find a reliable source definitely listen lastly get your crystals and start whispering to them because now nah, i'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> everyone's gonna be like ah these people have got crystals all right all right let's go no not breaking bad <laughs> we don't have any don't come for us the next one is called philia or friendship um that's apparently goodwill and that's like bearing goodwill to another then that's another type of love so that's based on like friendship right is it that's more like what you can do for someone else right but that is uh, philia apparently transforms eros from lust for possession into an impulse for philosophy over time if individuals build it over if the initial form of love was eros it can be transformed to philia or it can be philia from the get go is what i understand from this okay. i'm not a philosopher but i feel like we're talking about topics that would be considered philosophy but does that mean no never mind okay next one it's called storge storge or familial love and that's the kind of love or philia pertaining to the love between parents and their children so even the greeks when they defined all these types of love they were all part like they're all linked to each other and are parts of each other which i guess is what we you and i were trying to say this entire thing cool <laughs> oh he like magically philosophers <laughs> do you know it no we're not we're not we're not, not magically <laughs> i guess we're talking about philosophical topics to a certain extent yeah i mean and no one wants to talk about those things anymore didn't didn't philosophers used to be like revered and like respected and like yeah like aristotle plato mm. so aristotle and plato are both um yeah philosophers and they've they've explored great extents the idea of love as but well. i heard they were all both crack mm, they're crackpots i don't really know i wish i knew them maybe not maybe they were crack all the best people are Okay, tell us the next one. The next one is called agape, which is universal love, such as the love for strangers, nature, or God. Does not depend on filiation or familiarity. Agape. Hmm, nice. Okay, wait. So from the first four that you've said, I'm kind of getting mm. that the universal love we were talking about, the love that we were talking about, like having in the same way. Or to the same extent for everyone encompasses all four of these ideas. Okay, okay. To a certain extent, what is altruism? Because apparently, agape is linked with altruism, and there's a number of benefits. An altruistic act leaves us with a euphoric feeling, which is called the helper's high. Holy shit! I actually know what this feels like. because it gives you like a slight head rush and giddiness and you're just grinning and i don't know why you're grinning sometimes i get tears to my eyes when you yeah. help someone like sometimes like when you see another person's joy through i don't know for me when i've i've got this thing i think because it it it's a pretty euphoric feeling and it's called, and apparently it's called the helper's high um it's very short bursts like 3 to 5 seconds i feel like Mm, interesting. I've never experienced that. Through like psychology they've proven as well. When I say they, I don't know who, but someone <laughs> has proven that um 
we help because of our own selfish ways like we help other people to make us happy which i think is true for the most part you know you feel good when you help someone therefore you help so to an extent it's selfish but it's also selfless given the context of the world we're in i think because context is very important the next one is called ludus which is playful or uncommitted love the focus is on fun and sometimes also on conquest with no strings attached what does that mean so it can involve activities such as teasing and dancing or even or more overt flirting seducing and conjugating ludus relationships are casual undemanding and uncomplicated but for all that can be very long lasting so they're basically one night stands but it also says they can be very long lasting ludus works best when both parties are mature and self sufficient Yes, yes. One night stands that might turn into a fantastic relationship. It says problems arise when one party mistakes ludus for eros, whereas ludus is in fact much more compatible with philia. And what is philia again? Friendship. Friendship or shared goodwill. I hope everyone's got their notebooks out with their pens because this has been philosophy lessons with us yeah nah. <laughs> no it's that yeah nah, no it's that, that. <laughs> but i mean it's good to know these things is it good to know these things or are we just rambling eh who cares we're having fun yes it's great because the next time you meet your friends you can be like hey mate do you know where the word erotic comes from eros <laughs> Your party trick can be done. Party trick is I know the seven types of Greek love. That's your party trick. Yo, you want a shot? Okay, this is called eros. Take another shot. This is called philia. Take another shot. <laughs> yeah, this would be great at like a weed party when everyone's stoned. And then no, it'll it might get awkward. Why? Because then people are gonna start thinking what type of really like love they have with each other. Like who is this person philia? Is this person eros? Is this person and me something else? This person and me something else? Or it could just be me, socially anxious. Well, okay. Next one. It's called pragma. Pragma is a practical love founded on reason or duty and wants longer-term interests. Sexual attraction takes a backseat in favor of personal qualities and compatibilities, shared goals, and making it work. Work it. Work it. Work it. So that's like pragmatic. Is that where the word pragmatic comes from? Uh you can ask me these questions and I can say yes but we both know I don't know. Okay, that's great. <laughs> I have an interesting fact. So back in the day of um knights and damsels, romantic love was not consummated out of respect for the lady because love was thought to have transcended the physical body. So, what? Therefore you wouldn't ask for permission because you thought that the other person couldn't feel it? Just out of like sheer love it wasn't physical anymore it was more like it's okay it's I'm, i say was but this is all theoretically this is the theoretical idea of romantic love is that it is so loving <laughs> that it transcends the physical if you get what i mean i didn't explain that very well oh okay right right like um like Hansel and Gretel what Hansel and Gretel dude that's incest <laughs> No, no, I meant jeez, not Hansel and Gretel, um Romeo and Juliet. That's what I meant. Sorry, my bad. 
That's a good question. I don't know who we are to call it weird. Why? Because again, that's you're labeling it. You gave them the label of being step siblings. But then essentially these are two strangers whose biological parents met and those biological parents have a connection. And does that mean these two people who met because of their parents have to have a brother sister connection? you know i'm just trying to think of this in like break it down in terms of reasoning and in that sense yeah who that who gives a fuck but according to society standards you they were, they label them as step siblings and then it becomes weird why you introduce the whole word of siblings into it now they are brother and sister within inverted commas because their parents like each other therefore now they're obligated to have from like familial love correct by society i see the issue of labels mm. we label things and then we go hardly wrong okay and no we just put expectations on these things that we label and everyone's expectations are different therefore the entire concept of the label itself creates boundaries at the end of the day why because everyone's expectations are different and if those expectations are different it beats the purpose of a label and on to our final type of love philosophia i don't know if i'm pronouncing this right but philosophia is self love which can be healthy or unhealthy unhealthy self love is akin to hubris such as when people place them uh, in ancient greece if people place themselves above the gods or like certain modern politicians or like most modern politicians especially in sri lanka above the greater good they're all being led by hubris damn So this would be like the narcissistic yeah egotistic cocky kind of love yeah for yourself hubris hubris which is a part of philosophia uh so the unhealthy part of it like trump believing that he's the best thing that happened to america or that guy who made the uh, in sri lanka who made covid panier dammika some guy <laughs> <laughs> thinking that he's kali doctor <laughs> Did you see one of the ministers who took it now has covid? <laughs> so funny. He clearly doesn't love himself enough to stay away from other people. Hubris I tell you. But anyway, there's a lot of healthy self-love which is like linked to self-esteem, like how we place ourselves, how we value ourselves and like a a true appraisal of our own worth. And that's kind of like a matrix in which we You know, it's a system in which we feel, we think, we act. Uh, it's a reflection of our relationship to ourselves, which is reflected by the world around us. I, I think that's something I'm trying to learn, or I have been trying to learn. But I think I'm making a more solid step towards trying to learn that, like self-love, or who I am without the things that made me who I am. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Essentially, without all the labels, like who you are at your core. Uh, how are you dealing with healthy self-love? 
have you had a problem with it or has it always been a good a thing that's good for you or you've been comfortable with you know to be honest i don't think i actually realized how little i loved myself when i mean now looking back i realize it but at that time i don't think i did realize it but it sort of it shows in like self esteem and confidence and even just the w- things you do for yourself or the things i didn't do for myself rather and so i don't think i've always had a healthy relationship with self love but i definitely think i'm working on it every single day like i now take myself to the mat every morning and i have since the beginning of the year which is a pretty long commitment for me and i do my yoga and i do my meditation and like i'm good after that and i crave it and i love it and i feel like it like takes me back to soul and for me that's my practice of self love or one of the things i do every day now so i think it's a i think it's an ever evolving relationship you know you have with yourself it's not like or for me at least like i'm constantly learning and growing and so i'm constantly learning how to love myself and love the people around me and that always changes as well i see you glowing girl i see you glowing it's good that you say that like even that's true because i'm i'm making steps towards like i go to the gym now and i i try to work out i try to do what makes me happy like skateboarding and during those little windows of time i feel like i'm truly working on myself and then that in turn boosts my self esteem or my worth in my eyes of of myself and uh, every day people are making act, taking active steps to be better than they were yesterday that's what you do when you go to the mat that's what you do when you meditate you want to be better than you were yesterday or when you woke up you know and you can see that you can see true growth in when you put that work into yourself and i think a lot of our generation is open to that but i feel like a lot more are also stuck in a rut or, or not being able to get there not being able to get off the couch to like get off their phones or the screen and they put so many barriers in front of them to prevent them from doing it but hey like if you're on that path and you're listening and you you want to build that self esteem do that do that work for yourself build that confidence in yourself in yourself put that work in for your body your mind and your soul because we're on a trip man and it's up to you to enjoy it yeah it's so important and like it is it's hard right like if you're stuck in a place it's hard to get out because it's essentially like you're in like a 6 foot hole in the ground and it's like you don't have a ladder how in the living days are you going to get out you know there's sunlight outside you know the grass <laughs> the grass is literally greener outside um but how do you get out without a ladder and so it's 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 freaking hard but i think if you have the intent you'll always find a way like where there's a will there's a way and if you like have the intent to do something even if you don't have the strength to do it but you have the intent you'll find a way to do it something that's really helped me and actually like i walk the dog every morning i take her out for a morning walk and what i do on that walk is i literally say out loud today i'm consciously choosing to and then i fill in that gap so today i'm consciously choosing to focus on the project that i'm doing 
Today I'm consciously choosing to be more present. Today I'm consciously choosing to be aware. And the thing is when you say when you have that intent and you say it to yourself, like let's say in the morning, you remember those words throughout the day and so you'll find a way to make it happen even if you don't feel like you have the strength. So yeah, that's like a little bit of what I do and it's helped me. So maybe it'll help someone else too. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That sounds awesome. All right, folks. And our resolution for today, for today's topic. Love. Love deeply, love unconditionally. Love each and every one around you the same. Don't differentiate and yeah, man, enjoy the flow. And with that, we are logging out. Catch us on Instagram at space underscore buckets. And peace to you and your pets from me and mine. And Kasalvin and his imaginary dog. Okay, bye lovely humans. Love yas. Bye.